I use slaps this week on the pod, we have the one, the only, the incredible Charlene Incarnate. Oh my gosh, this is so great. And we found out after recording the episode that today is Charlene's birthday. So, so happy a very birthday, happy you birthday to bitch. you. Charlene. Um, today's great. We we really, Charlene opens up a lot about her like upbringing and her childhood and like coming into her identity and drag. I had such a great time. I, I didn't I know so, so much, much of that fun. about her. Yeah, which I is know. So it great. was like a real lesson in Charlene's life. Yeah, how how amazing. Y'all are gonna love it. Can't wait. We talk we don't talk about fisting at all this episode. It's a wild one. I was almost gonna say a fisting story at the end, but I didn't, so. Oh, maybe next week. Bye. <laughs> Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus. You turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you waiting for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dirty little fucks, you stupid little fucks? Today we have an icon and a legend. I'm Big Dipper. That's Meepaw. And welcome to Sloppy no. Seconds with Big Dipper and Meepaw. You switched it. No, I didn't. I said it right. Oh, All my right. gosh. Let's I'm, get into our guests because yeah. we are rare we don't to need go chit chat. <laughs> She, I would say she's oh, on girl. one, but I feel like this is how it is. Uh, Do you please. have a voice real meatball? Are you hitting the streets with the voiceover word? No, I, but I should. All right, please welcome. <laughs> is there voiceover work for faggots these days? Absolutely. Well, well, now every cartoon has one fag. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's Charlene. Charlene, welcome Hi. to our ear, Charlene. I'm sorry, I forgot that we had not even introduced me. Not that I need introduction, exactly. right? Unnecessary. I mean, we saw, we saw when we clicked on the episode, right? Or am I embedded? Am I embedded <laughs> no, as a surprise? You're embedded. Your name you're is embedded. in the title. <laughs> we saw, yeah, that's the, uh, well, listen, I first became aware of you because I believe at the time that we met, you were either your sort of stage name or it possibly was your Instagram name was that bitch charlene is that correct yeah is that how you began i never went <laughs> i never went by that on stage but yes that was the instagram handle before it was actually the ch was shared between the end of the word bitch and the beginning of my first name so many in the drag community thought that my name was actually arlene, arlene. <laughs> right that bitch arlene <laughs> And then when I then when I realized I was approaching all city status and needed to start making friends in other cities or like once I, ga- I gathered the notion that your social media like extension goes further than people you've actually met. Right. Yeah. Like that's when I figured that I need to because I was still living. And you remember how drag Facebook was so big? Yeah. Like even oh. before Instagram. When you like, could use that- your drag name as the name before they started getting you. Yeah, and that's when we noticed that sh- that like shift. I mean, I don't know. It was like Instagram was big on drag right away, huh? Yeah, I think I people think- liked I it because it was a- pictures. Because it was like pictures, and that's great, what they were um, giving. I'm not a great social media historian having downloaded Zoom <laughs> just <laughs> now to do this podcast with oh, you yeah, ladies. Before we started explain, Charlene you've Reveals. been doing shows. So how have you been doing no, shows? Actually, no, actually, Meatball, no, that's actually not the truth, Meatball. <laughs> well, yeah. how, come been, how come I've been seeing 
videos of you dancing on a, a okay. rooftop with computers I'll... aimed at you. Oh, 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 I've been doing shows in the wild, man. I thought you were talking about, um, I thought we were segueing from my just having download Zoom just now to I've been doing online shows, which I haven't no, you have. been doing online shows. No, I mean, I did, I made a few, uh, I was like in the woods for six months of last year. So like I made a few, like I'm in the woods music videos while everyone was like, you know, sharing their screen with the host of the show who was like, si like silent, but like fist pumping and like yassing. <laughs> okay, okay, the okay, the okay. art, the art of being the silent cheerleader on an Instagram live drag, because after like two weeks, everyone learned like, oh, was your you favorite? have to be silent in order to let their right. music play through. My, I would say Gosh, my favorite was, uh, uh, oh wait, what is her name now? Uh, Chiquitita and West Dakota. When they would do their okay. shows because they would turn it sideways and like well, be each so other. Cheeky and West had that cute thing they were doing where they were actually like artfully splitting the screen, right? Yeah. And right. they were like, one was lip syncing and the other one was doing like, I don't know, upper facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I really got into um, like watching Grace Towers's show. Oh. If you ever caught that Zoom, because she was fully committed to the celebrating the queen who was performing as though she was like stage left, like a drag oh queen, which she is, you know, like, and she was just like muted and everything. And um, like, she would just be like, I mean, you can't, I mean, we're recorded right now. So right, you can't no, see but what you're I'm doing. Bouncing, she would be going to can. <laughs> I yeah. no, I remember I remember uh when Rhea Latre was doing quarantine queen all the time and it became clear they couldn't make any noise on the Instagram live and so you would hear these little like <laughs> like just because they knew they could but they were living and you could even sometimes hear like the mouth you know when like the lips when the lips open up and you hear a little something yeah. just because smiling and all of that and it's just it was like everyone was really trying to make that moment I think work. I only did one Instagram one because and at the end you of it <laughs> all I saw was all the comments just being like what how I can count the pixels like the internet was bad right. and there's no way when you're doing it to know and no one's gonna stop yeah it was just like, and I put all this I was work into like, it, and I was like, nah, I'd rather just pre-record. I just, I honestly have no idea how any of the girls got it together to, like, I understand that everyone, like, reacts to this, like, like really traumatic event in different ways. <laughs> but, like, that watching the Zoom drag for me put me, hurtled me so much further into the dystopian hell. <laughs> like, that I was just like... I was just like, I, I, I need for my drag fantasy to not happen in your bedroom. You got in all this fucking look and you did your makeup for three hours and you look so good and you spent so, you know, the great song choice. You did so good. You're just standing in one place and it's either your bedroom that I see or a, like a backdrop, you know, it's like. You can't do four hours of makeup on your backdrop, girl, you know? I don't know. Well, just so like what so, was your compromise? So, how, how did you continue? Well, girl, I was like, I I recorded a video, like, independently, like a music video, just because I wanted to, like, dance so badly. I was, like, in the woods fully. And, like, for six months. And I was just like, anything that can make me feel connected to this thing that's made me feel so alive for 10 years, I want. So I had I got my girlfriend to, like 
film me dancing around a fire that I built to a Fiona Apple song. And I was like, okay, great. Now I can hit the fucking, now I can hit the digital drag circuit. And I like tried to pawn it off to bitch pudding, but she was like, you can't show tits on whatever fucking platform she uses. I was like, oh my God, have times gotten this hard for bitch pudding? (laughs) (laughs) That there's no tits allowed in her drag show? I was like, I, I I was like, okay, so like for me, if there's no tits allowed in the drag show, I'm in the woods, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally. Wait, can I ask you about the woods? Um, because yeah. I know what you're talking about, and but and I think a lot of people do, but also, do people not talk about that publicly, or people do? I certainly don't. Okay. Because I don't want to face the scrutiny of the very insular community that hangs out in the woods who right. are always breathing down my fucking neck about how public, in quotes, I choose for my life to be in the first Got place. It. Got so, it. Um, yeah, we're dealing with virtually a neighborhood in rural Tennessee um, full of uh, gay communes and landowners where I was hanging out on a mountainside, essentially um, without electricity or running water for right. six months of 2020. Six months. It's also, it's also if you're gay and listening and you know <laughs> of faggots in your city who go party in the woods right. in the South, it's that place. It's that Except place. Except I'm hanging out there when... There is no one allowed in or out um, last year during COVID. The, the good thing about the gay woods is that there's traffic in and out pretty much at all times when it's not a pandemic. So you're in the middle of nowhere, essentially. But all these interesting characters are like coming in and out of your sphere, like pretty much year round, excluding like the dead of winter, you know. And so um, that's been my experience of this place. And even my experience of this place has been these massive, massive week-long parties that they throw um, for, you know, several hundreds of faggots. So, you know, I was offered sanctuary there during COVID because I was actually like, um, after about seven days of lockdown in New York, I was in a, quite an unwell place mentally. Uh-huh. I didn't know that I was going to make it to 2021. Uh, right. what I mean. So I was like, <laughs> I basically like phoned home and I was like, SOS, like, um, you know, and I, I basically pulled the princess card, even though they said no one come here. Um, and like came back in August when I saw videos of girls performing again, like, you know, in <laughs> the, like, like you know, in parks and such. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, so amazing. That, Wait, yeah. So, let's, it, so where really are you lucky. from? Like originally? Yeah, let's go back. Like, I want to go back okay. to the beginning. Where were you? Honey, we're, we're already at the beginning. We're only a few hours from where I grew up in the gay woods of Tennessee. I'm from North Alabama. Oh, a wow. Small, yeah, I'm from a small town vibe that's actually quite adjacent Birmingham. Okay. And so what took you to New York? When did you end up in New York? Or was there a bunch of other moves um, before have, that? have we met, girl? Um, <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> it was it was basically like while I was there, I was like waiting to leave pretty much from the moment I figured out that like there was other places. You know, it was just like I had a a keen awareness of the fact that I was not going to be able to be who I was in any real capacity in that reality 
and that being like, I, I basically knew my whole life that I was faced with this choice, right? Either like live in this reality where everything is more or less guaranteed to you from like cradle to grave um, and like scripted out for you, um, you know, and that involved, unfortunately, like staying closeted, like all of my queer, like, uh, like uh, role models were like dads in church who I clocked as faggots uh, or like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I was like, yeah, they seem like they have a pretty good life. They're like. They like drive a BMW and like, you know, they're like, whatever the fuck, like they're, they have this version of happiness that I've been hand that that I've been like told is the the T, you know? And, um, so I like pretty much knew, I I don't mean to like go into family trauma. We love family trauma. I bet you fucking do, girl. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so, yeah, it was very yeah. that, you know, my my family was extremely pious, um, extremely evangelical Christian. Oh, wow. I knew it, and and you know, extremely like pointedly homophobic. Damn. And um, you know, I pretty much gathered from, you know, okay, I'll I'll use this as an illustration. Where I got my name, Charlene, mm-hmm. was actually what my mother used to call me to discourage me from like swishing my hips when I walked, <gasps> etc. Oh my God. Because my name was Charles. Charlie was my name. And it was like, no Charlene today. No Charlene <sighs> when we go and visit your aunts and uncles. Like, um, et cetera. That's like, so crazy. She said, no Charlene. You said, yes, Charlene. Yes, Charlene, mama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually, after I did like enough fucking psychedelic drugs, yeah. I do like subconsciously like knew like you know I would hear the name growing up and I would know like that was me yeah. and I'd be like oh my god that's my name or whatever you know and the sound of the word Charlie still sounds like I have marbles I like it sounds like I have fucking something in my mouth I yeah. can't even get it out of my throat you know it's not even that I like hate the sound of the word so much I just like hate the way that it feels coming out of me and I would always like you know, in media or like stories, if you hear the word Charlene, there's like a few songs that say Charlene or whatever. It would pop up at times in my life and I'd be like, just a little like flurry of excitement. Like, oh, that's me. Like oh, somewhere deep so down in there. Cool. And so it's like, you know, it's like, it's weird for me to say that now as like a born again 30 year old. But um, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> denial is a really tricky, really like powerful thing. And like, that was my reality for the first, even like after I moved to New York, you know, like I came to New York to go to college, but it was only on the condition that I found a good church community to belong to, which of course I did, honey, because I had some boys to crush on in the fucking church. (laughs) Yes, God. What church did you go to? Do you remember? Yeah, I was involved in a felt. Oh my god! I was like, "You <laughs> girls are really dragging it out of me." No, I'm just um, curious. No, was it the Shaker like, Church? I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Um, it was not a church uh, group per se. It was a fellowship within NYU. So it was like the the, the couple of dozen Christians who were at that whole 
school with literally tens of thousands of faggots running around. Yes. All running around like Washington Square Park fucking each other at all times. <laughs> and I was literally, and this is, and you know, like, um, you know, this is why it's like translates to like, it was a pressure cooker, you know? So it made me a crazier bitch in the end. And like, you know, um, so I'm like not ashamed of it, but I do regret it because like, fuck, I missed out on all of the, like the dude's nude era. I just remembered that, that I wasn't dude's a part of that. Nude. I was like, I, what's dude's yes, nude? Honey. It was like, I'm, it was it, like a fucking like website a pre, where people shared nudes, right? It was like, it's sort a of, pre, it's like a pre grinder social network of naked fags. Yes. And they're like in their like early 20s or late oh teens my or like goodness. underage, like even, you know. Wait, Meatball, so when were you at NYU? 2008 to 2012. Was there overlap, you think? When were you? There was there was quite a bit of overlap, actually. <laughs> oh! I wonder. I wonder. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Also, you know, like this it's is huge. this goes to I show. Didn't, I didn't see half the people that tell me that they went there the same years as me and they were in the same department as me. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I just mean to say that you and I are probably about as separated as any two NYU students can be. I was a year ahead of you. Oh, yeah. And I was you were in the fellowship. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was full. I was basically full time that. Like, um, wow. it was basically acted as like kind of like I guess a fraternity unit, <laughs> somewhat. Whoa. I mean, that's the way I remember it because because and here's this. Here's where it gets really fucking hot. Are you ready? Yes. yes. I eventually after my sophomore year because because again this is like the this is the the not just like unwritten but like agreement that i have with my parents that i have to belong to this to exist in new york and i was like whatever gets me in new york and out of alabama i'm doing it you yeah. know and i'm just like i have to stay in the school i have to keep doing this i was basically majoring and slipping through the cracks you know what i mean <laughs> and I mean, girl, I was take I was taking Swahili class, the whole works of it. I was just like, get me the fuck, get me my credits and get me out of here so I can live whatever, like I can, I can like whatever like awaits me whenever I fucking jump off the cliff. And I, and of course all of that's subconscious. I'm just like miserable and hate my life. Oh, the, where it gets really hot though. What I'm saying is with every, with every bondage comes a little kink, you know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> what's really awesome is I moved into a house with nine other of my Christian fellowship brethren, my junior year of NYU okay. or like maybe it was maybe it was in like halfway through my sophomore year and basically like I was throwing parties there dressed like a faggot this is fully before ever coming out and still being fully time full-time committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ did any of them I was say like, anything yeah <laughs> But ultimately, you're working with you're working with a specific population of people who've been either brainwashed or are closeted themselves or have their parents uh, opinions implanted into them vis-a-vis -vis this fucking church that that homosexuality and queerness is not even something that is real. It is a separation from Christ. Therefore, it is like it's not that it's like 
a sin. It's like, it's a separation. It's like, it's like re it's repackaged. It's good old fashioned Christian fucking homophobia and all of the different like systems of oppression that exist within that fucking church. Um, not, not like that church, like the church. The yeah, church. Um, but where was it hot? That's what I want to know. How did it get steamy? Um, in, in, in that house, in that house with, in that house with nine other like virgin, sexually frustrated, um, Circle maybe maybe queer <laughs> um, like dudes. Um, all of us like you know, talking about like our twisted desires and the Bible passages that like match up to them and jacking off separately in our fucking twin beds. I don't fucking know. Does that not sound hot to you? Some of the best fucking- To me, Paul, not to me, but to me, You better come in my Bible. Wait, See, that's the fucking- So let's so we, we, we listen. Gotta, you are you could teach a class at NYU. You need about, your own podcast, period. <laughs> fully, but uh, we want to we want to see how Charlie. all of this experience sort of boiled together. When did you first sort of see drag performance? When did it click that this was for you? And three part question. How do you identify what you do as a performer? Performance art, drag, immersive okay, experience. Okay, will you remember those different? Will you remember those I sure different will. questions? Sure split, will. split them. In- Can we just split them into three different questions? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when okay. did you first when see did a you drag begin- performance? Oh yeah. When did you first see it? Drag as, like as a whole. Yeah. Like, like when, when did you- I? Okay. Yeah, did you go to Actually, a club in New York? No, I secretly took a class at NYU taught by Professor Joe Jeffries. Shout out to Professor Joe Jeffries because <laughs> he is a drag documentarian who now like comes to Bushwig and like other shows of mine and like films all of them, which is really cute. Oh, wow. But I took his class called Gay and Lesbian Performance in New York, or maybe not in New York, gay and lesbian performance. It was in the basement of the library at NYU. And it was me and a bunch of tissues and their hags. And um, <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, tissues are, are are people who are in the art school, yeah. AKA homosexuals. They're all hags. Um, yeah, every last one of them. I think it's actually like a check mark on the application. Um, <laughs> You know, you remember, girl, the the freshman floor that's dedicated to LGBT, like whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, it's like, girl, y'all applied for that floor. They wanted to be there, and it was always girl, the nastiest. Also, that it's library, like any... it's full of cum. Every corner of that library has cum on it. It's a sexual um, library. Yeah, people used to go I and hook up there all the time. I definitely spilled more than a few loads in that library. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. Yeah. Okay. So then when did you first, I forgot the second question, but I'm going to say, when start did you first doing start drag. doing drag well, or so start that, performing? That, that class that I took was um, during the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Bum, bum. So oh, I was you a- said B.B. Zahara Bonet. Yeah, girl. Well, <laughs> um, honey, I uh, was actually at the time going for Jade Sotomayor because she oh, was the sure. fishy one. She was. I was like, yes. that's the woman. Of course, like, that's who I, like, end up. I also it, see it's a very, little uh, it's Rebecca telly. Glasscock in you. Um, I will accept that graciously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a compliment. She was the pretty one. 
Uh, yeah, she had that really weird lip liner scenario that going on that I could never get past. But um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, it was always yes, like very much. heavy. But it's com- that's a very popular lip liner now. Like a very it's thick, coming back. It's coming back very big. They do it on TikTok. I was just thinking how drag makeup is veering back towards. Less is more, though. Do you not agree? I, well, I people completely are doing, agree. People, people stop doing, doing the clown eyebrows and using their real eyebrow. eyebrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like when you just look at the when you just look at the way that it's slanted. Like, th- think about Simone who just won Drag Race. Think about her face. Oh you yeah, know? Oh, God. like you can barely see makeup on it at all. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's like the, it's like the it's oh my god because she is gorgeous. Yeah, you know? right. Right. And so, like, I don't know that, you know, it's a little bit of a canvas in that situation. But okay, I, so I like, never get by... away with doing that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You were inspired no, you by doctor. I just said I could never do that. I could never do like a small. I have such a fat face. <laughs> I, I want to support you in trying to do that. Oh, thank you so much. I would like you to give it a go. One yeah, time. girl. Bigger bricks than you are trying it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of ma- pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this oh, is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 
20% off your next box. That's code Sloppy Seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, and we're, we're back. back. So- Part, oh, two God, yes, of the, part two of the question was, you're in the basement, you're having your um, queer performance uh, class, Drag Race is yeah, on TV. Per- what yeah. led you to your first gig? Where was it? Do you remember the song and the look? Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, fast forward to basically graduation day. And uh, so it's like the spring before my 22nd birthday. And that's when I come out of the closet as a cocksucker, right? Uh-huh. I've uh-huh. already had fully, I have already fully turned looks at this point, but I had not committed to, I am going to be a drag queen like until this moment, right? And so basically, um, I, for the first, for my first <laughs> year in change of queerness, I had to deal with some shall we say, personal growth issues okay. regarding my life falling apart when I came out, yeah. right? So, like, basically, I'm subconsciously scared for my entire life that coming out of the closet would mean losing my en- entire sense of reality as I know it, tethered by my family and my upbringing. And I subconsciously know that it's the end of me and my family coming out yeah. because of wow. all of the clue, all of the many clues that I had. Like basically also, like if we want to dip back into childhood trauma, I tried to come out as a teenager and my mom didn't let me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So you, so- I fully had a, I fully had a flyer for the high school gay prom that they were throwing at the Unitarian Center for gay kids. And like, I fully slipped, let it slip and showed her and was like, I'm going to go to this. And she absolutely flipped her shit, had the event shut down (gasps) and, um, and also had, and also like tried to completely dismantle the NCCJ, the National Conference of Community and Justice that had held the workshop that I did over the summer where I met these gay kids in the first place. Cause she was like, you, do you understand? Do you yes. follow? Oh, like, I completely I, yeah. follow. Like, she went straight like, to the top. Made, she went to the manager, honey. I, I had Got made it. some gay friends. I had made some gay friends over a summer and basically they were like, we know the tea. And so I came out as questioning, right? Because that was a thing when we were in high school, right? That's what the question was for then. <laughs> right, right. And so I was like, I'm questioning because I don't know. And honestly, I really didn't feel like a faggot then either. I knew I had something bigger and better going on. Yeah, right. But I didn't like, though, I of course didn't know there was anything as a tranny, you know? I knew that like <laughs> faggots did drag sometimes yeah. because I had actually met two queens who I'm trying to get back in touch with. There's an episode of my podcast for the future. There were these two queens <laughs> at that summer camp that I went to in high school who like recruited me and gave me my first drag name. So I guess that answers your question for my first performance. Also. That's so insane. All right. Well, I want to talk about your art. Oh, sorry. Right. My first drag gig up in the queer <laughs> world. I was in. So I like. So I came out of the closet. 
it was a catastrophe. I slowly rebuilt the pieces until I realized I want to be a drag queen. This is what definitely what I want to do. Right now we're in like season four or so of Drag Race. And the reason I mention it is because any drag queen who comes up after 2010, who's telling you that Drag Race is not in like influential in oh, her come up is, is a, a lying liar. fucking bitch. You know, <laughs> we're all right we, <laughs> like, think about and think about we're 10 years down the line now. Think of, and it's not, I'm not even ashamed to say that because these fucking girls seasons one through like six, you know, mm-hmm. like these fucking girls are these iconic personalities who I do not mind at all. Like looking up to in my drag youth, yeah. I can't say the same like anymore per Correct. se, but also like we're older too. So I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about that, but drag Who's race old? is influential. It's influential to my story as it probably is to yours, Meatball, and probably is to yours, Dipper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look at him. Completely Start work with all of the drag queen girls. Yeah, I work in the, like, trickle-down drag race RuPaul econ- economy. Charlene has left the chat. Oh, she's <laughs> We all do. She's just walking around. She's just feeling she herself and walking around. Okay, I don't okay. know, and now I'm, now I'm thinking, so I'm pacing. Oh, so okay. here's well, here, what? I, would I was like going to talk about the starter pack. Yes, what you do it. You do it. That's what okay. I was going to do, but you could do it. No, you can do it. Go ahead. Charlene, if you had a Charlene starter kit. Remember those memes that were like basic, basic pumpkin spice Wait, latte girl starter the, kit? This is the questions about my art. Yeah. <laughs> what okay. Starter kit, uh, yeah, no, I know. Would... I know what the starter <laughs> okay. kit is. I know what the starter kit is for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's no, Actually, let's think about it. Okay, so starter kit can be anything. It doesn't have to be like drag and makeup related, but it should be. Okay, so I would say um okay uh mac lady danger the lipstick or okay. any of its many dupes uh pat mcgrath obsessed is a dupe for lady danger lady gaga has one that um i take with me in my purse because i don't want to lose my pat um a lot of <laughs> girls have come out with this really nice kit cat wrapper vermilion but lady danger is the og so that's the starter pack okay um um, my Timberland heels, I guess, just because Check. it's like, um, I mean, honestly, it's an orthopedic scenario for me. Um, <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, I really honestly, high heel shoes, if high heel shoes, if women didn't wear high heel shoes, I would not be one. Like, it's the high heel that really mm-hmm. was my first, like, climb my eye, claw my eyeballs out, like, gotta have it, faggot, I am a faggot, and I can't help it moment. Um, notably, uh, notable high heel icon in my youth was Justin Tranter of Semi Precious Weapons, who opened sure. for the Fame Monster mm-hmm. tour. Yes. Um, I followed him around his little bar tour, his little bar weeklies in the Lower East Side when I lived there. Um, before I was out of the closet and like, I was just so obsessed with the notion of a man wearing high heels that I just like tumbled into this whole fucking mess, like through the high heels in the first place. Oh my God. But the way that it translates nowadays as a 30 something drag queen <laughs> is like, I'm like such a physical performer yeah. and I like the boots enough that like um and they go with enough of my outfits that i'm just like oh fuck it and and honestly like i'm still biking and or driving and or walking a lot to gigs and i'm the kind of girl and a lot of us are in new york who likes to be in drag when i leave the house and so i'm just like 
I'm just like, it's kind of like an ultimately a convenience laziness and resting on my laurels uh, <laughs> scenario with the Timberland heels. But, but in brand, the process, baby. they become totally iconic. They are. <laughs> Bitch, you're telling me I sold them to some poor sucker who lives in, well, She's lovely, and I'm sure her town is valid. You got a new pair, and then you auctioned off the old one. Right. (laughs) I still still have one for sale on deck. If anyone listening is interested, you can go to CharleneIncarnate.com. Yes. Um, But yeah, I was basically like, I can't throw these fucking things away, and they're fucking like taking up space in my life, so whatever. Uh, What else? Um, In the starter pack, right? Yeah. To me... Um, there's a little um, high-powered yet small and portable electric fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like to imagine myself as though the fan were not even there. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of, uh, in for, t- for terms of me making up my own starter pack, we'll let the fan be her own little sidekick character. <laughs> She actually, I, I, um, she just before appears. COVID, she... <laughs> before COVID, the fan had its own booking fee, like Ornatia. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I'd be like, do you want the wind? And like, yeah, I'd be like, well then I have to take a car and blah, 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 blah. And it's the schlepping fee basically for that That's fan. So funny. And do I you know want times the wind? were so good, weren't they? They were so oh fun. Oh my God. Okay. What about yes. a poppy um, brand jockstrap? Oh yeah, you um, love like, that poppy well, brand. Like, yeah, I do like poppy brand. Um, I do. I'm I'm sponsored by Nasty Pig now, though. Oh, okay, come on, sponsorships. sponsorships. Well, by sponsored by, I mean faggots who work there mop the jockstraps and give them to me. Okay, that's a sponsorship. So, we, so you can't hashtag it or anything, but yeah. <laughs> Um, shout out to my girls who work at Nasty Pig. And, um, yeah, that can be in the starter pack. Maybe like, um, uh, like a tab of acid and a LaCroix. Do we have consumables in the, in the starter pack? There are no rules. What about a long dress? Oh yeah. She loves a long dress. An evening gown type dress. Yeah, I'm into that as long as it's like slit past my hip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you got you, you ha- got to be athletic when you're performing. Um, I mean, a- athletic is the word that I use to describe it. But any queen who's actually a dancer, like compared to me, you can kind of see that I'm just like I'm wearing myself out because like I'm older and I haven't really moved in a year. But um, like I don't know that athletic is really the right word. It's just the word that I use. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm heart. definitely. I'm definitely whipping my hair around and my arms and legs around. I definitely feel it the next day. So yeah, it's athletic and it does come from the heart. Thank you. Is that the way you feel? That's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. I love watching you perform. I feel like I can watch an Instagram story of someone who is at the back of $3 bill, sort of shakily zooming in on you and I can feel what you're doing. Like I really feel like through the phone, through that other person's experience, you are such like, you really can like cut through as a performer. And it's so, you can tell all the songs really mean something to you. Even when you're just song choice. And yeah. that $3 Thank bill you. stage is huge and you like t- 
take up the whole stage. You work the whole thing. You get off the stage. It's, like, incredible to watch you perform and feel it the whole time. Like, you're in the fantasy. Damn, what am I going to do with all this gas, honey? Burn it down. That's so sweet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it definitely is what I live for, you know? And, um, like, I think that that, I think that might be, like, what comes through in the performance. But it, like, really is, like, you know, it's why COVID drove me crazy so much is because it, like, really is, like, you know, and, and I know that you feel this way too. Like the girls who like really commit to drag, even though you like don't make money off of it forever and like still don't, even when you do, um, like, I just like, there's like nothing, we get to be fucking, we get to be like, you know, we get to be pop stars for nights or like whatever rock stars or whatever. And, um, the girls live for it harder than they would like the artists doing the song true girl you know what i mean sometimes when you see the artists do the song they're like and you're like i know you get a record deal i know well my favorite thing anyway you go you favorite thing to do my favorite like song choice is my favorite like like troll to do in shows is to take a song that someone like thinks that they hate and make them like realize that it's actually a legendary iconic ballad anthem like you know, um, were you the one doing a lot Mr. Of... Mistopheles or no? What was the song? The Taylor Swift song from Cats? I'd never have performed the Taylor Swift version of McCavity. <laughs> I stick to the OBC, baby. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. but yeah, I performed <laughs> actually. Ta- actually, Tyler, Ashley and I are performing Cats in its entirety at our 24 hour <laughs> show. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Tell us about that. What a 24 hour show. This? Bitch, we were trying to do this show. We were trying to do this 24-hour show in August of 2020. We had a budget and a, and, a, and a fundraising calendar and a production calendar and staff, honey. Um, as uh, you may not know, but Tyler Ashley and I do a marathon drag brunch in Brooklyn where we perform nonstop the entire two seatings. So it's like noon to about 5 p.m. that we perform nonstop. Oh, my God. And so we're taking that model and basically uh, translating it into a full-fledged 24-hour high production, um, you know, um, scenario that happens. Hope, uh, you know, where we want to do it is the helipad in the Fire Island Pines. Oh um, <laughs> but it's, te- it's technically public land, so we're going to have to... We have a, we have a production manager who's working okay. on permits for us. Oh my God. Um, yes. But we've been postponed and I actually had more fucking um, complications with my um, joints this year and I had more surgery. Um, so um, we've po- we're like, and I just want to fucking live this year, man. Yeah. So right. we're, um, we're postponed to August of 2022, but um we're we like have started production and budgeting and like fundraising for our 24 hour brunch and during which we will be performing cats in its entirety um and uh tyler's the only one who has lyrics to learn for that because i've been diehard cat since i was a teenager oh well, my you're goodness. a musical theater gal aren't yeah. you speaking of musical i'm theater, a musical theater faggot yes do you know wicked um yes i have um I still have a bootleg of the OBC 
of the OVC of Wicked, um, like that I downloaded off Kazaa back in the day. Oh my goodness. So, so um, yeah, I, um, and also I used to perform Defying Gravity. I used to sing it during my free period in high school in the theater. Like, come on, how universal an experience is that? Well, I mean, I was just about to ask, can you give us the, not anymore, honey. I've smoked oh. so much pot. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just don't like, I just like, don't, I just like, you know, I don't want to be that girl who has that voice that sounds like someone who thinks they can on American Idol. I'm just like, a oh, so you mean, what did you just call me? We what did do you just every week on our podcast? Say to me out loud. Where we present. Where Wait, I but you sing also that song? like. What are other, do you like, um, I feel like you would like the musical Wild Party. Do you like that one? I mean, I prefer, are you talking about Lippa's Wild Party? There are two, you know. Right, the one that Tony Collette did. Um, Isn't that the better one? Isn't that the better one? Honestly, I only know the Adina cut from the fucking Wild Party. I only know the Adina song. But yes, I know that song and perform it incessantly. And Um, you do hair, right? I love hair. I saw hair my first time on acid on Broadway. <laughs> Wait, you went to a Broadway How show do you on, live acid? on acid? I, makes, Bitch. It gives me panic attacks. Bitch, I did acid and then did the hair lottery and won. You on waited acid. in line. They said, give her a ticket. <laughs> with all those, with she all looks those, like she's ready. she looks like she's ready for a good time. <laughs> I mean, it might. It was God, you know? (laughs) It's the only explanation. It was God. Do you... So you enjoy hallucinogenics? It's pretty much the only drug I really fucking enjoy. Like, the only hardcore drug. I, like, smoke weed all day, every day. I haven't even really... I don't even really drink anymore since COVID. Oh, wow. That's not... That's not totally true. I will have a few drinks when I'm like doing shows because it's like, I don't know, it's a fun ritual. And I have alcohol uh, tied to fucking work uh, issues. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Um, um, but uh, yeah, what really, what only really gets me rip roaring ready to go is like LSD. I don't even really love, um, I don't, I don't really like jive with the um, dialogue, with the, um, you know, the discourse of, LSD versus mushrooms. I think they're different beasts for different experiences and completely different scenarios. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm taking hallucinogens recreationally, I only do LSD in various like, you know, doses. Um but it's really I don't really think you fuck with psilocybin for like social and or like recreational purposes. I always get a really heavy lesson when i'm on mushrooms you know she has something to she's got something to say and it's not always you know like it's this very like maternal energy and i have mommy issues sometimes even hallucinate my mom's voice when i'm on mushrooms so i'm like i'm like not you know i'm like not really trying to go there if i'm like doing drag for instance but you know like there lsd is really um the cherry on top as far as the like transforming into a superstar to be a drag queen thing goes that feeling from being in drag and like performing talk about amplifying times the nth percent yeah you know so there's also Um, you've been making tinctures and selling those on your website 
Why don't you tell well, us a little honey, bit more? Well, honey, we're about... all diversifying. Ah! Honey. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, if someone wants to order it's some. Actually, it's actually linked to the LSD use, if you would oh. believe that. Something something very healing and mild. Um, so yeah, my tincture that I sell on my website in the interest of diversification, I have actually made in small batches before I started the merch game. Um, and uh, it's a recipe that was given to me by this witch who hangs out in the woods um, when she <laughs> noticed that I was strung out on LSD and had it slept in several days. Oh my God. She gave me this little tincture. She And tincture is basically, for the purpose of this conversation, a tincture is an herbal medicine it's it's an extraction of the herbal medicinal properties of an herb into in this case liquor so i make it with rum and these two herbs and the witch who gave me the recipe told me that when you do it in the special way that she told me you get the quote exact chemical mica of benzodiazepine oh so and that's actually can't be true because it's not quite as good as taking <laughs> yeah. a bar. I mean, honey, when it's real, you know that it's real. You remember Wendy's? Like, when it's, it's not Xanax. It's not Xanax. But it works but just as good. It, I might order some because I it, get stressed out. It does. It works. It works well. It works well at 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 hitting that fucking button when you need it hit and you're not trying to do Xanax because Xanax is actually like really dangerous more so than like, you know, any of the drugs that any of us do recreationally. It's like super duper addictive and takes ice cream scoops out of your brain. And it's so much fun. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I, but like there's, it's like, it's like definitely like a really nice punctuation to an acid trip where your brain's been spinning like doing merry-go-rounds for literally 15 hours. And then all of a sudden it's just silence and placid. You're like sitting on a lotus flower in the middle of a fucking lake, you know? Oh, oh. I just went to order one in their back order. You're sold out. Honey. Yeah, I, my apartment can only fit like two gallons at a time. Like, look, see how I'm spilled out into my living room, all that drag in my living room right now. <laughs> oh my God. And I like have, I have two roommates. I'm just like such a piece of shit. So anyway, like I'm just like not trying to. It's so it takes up so much room in my. It also room because, means the like, product for, is exclusive. Yeah, it's exclusive. Not a lot of people can try it. Right. And I figure like the the month long batching is enough time for the word to get out a little more. Mm -hmm, and honey. like because a lot a lot of orders that I get for it are people who've just tried their friends because people don't want to believe that like you can get like help as easily as something like that. It's just valerian root and chamomile. People have chamomile and tea, you know, yeah. and valerian root is another like really, really mild, non-psychoactive, like non-pharmacological herb, essentially like in the way that a green tea will wake you up, like a valerian root tea will bring you down it's like a downer yeah it relaxes and suppresses your central nervous system so it gives you the feeling of actual like relaxation it'll bring you down from stress escalation or drugs or like if you're having one of those washing machine brain nights where you can't go to sleep it's really good for that a lot of people just take it as a sleep tincture if they have trouble sleeping um so um yeah, it's super duper helpful for me because for, you know, like it helped when I had like had not slept for several days and yeah. needed to. Like sometimes you can, you know, we've all been there. It's really hard to finally like, you know, 
cast off into the abyss, in the abyss after you've been raging for that long. Um, but like, it's really helpful for trannies who have like altercations on the street, like with people, like, like, like I take it if I ever like have someone like, you know, like when a tranny's walking, when you're walking down the street and someone's like, yo, it rolls down their window is like, are you a dude? And then like follows you and rolls their window down, you know, like, and you get home and yeah. you're escalated, like a little bit of that tincture and you'll like be able to move on with the day, you know? It does only work for nine out of every 10 people, which is also really creepy. One out of every 10 people are actually like escalated. So I tell people who buy it to try a few drops first when you're otherwise normal and um, see how it affects you. And if you, you're like, if you like don't notice that you're like anxious, then you're good to go. I'm sure wow. I would be escalated yeah. and people would be sitting on a lotus flower. I would be well, like, let's take a, well, it's going like, to heaven. Yeah. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. We are back with our. I hit it this time, baby. And this segment final is called segment. Fact Oh, meatballs hitting okay, the notes. This is the portion of the show where we have a conversation about any wild uh, sex stories or anything weird that's happened recently or in the past. And I'm like listening to you talk about like just life in New York and Brooklyn. I'm like now I'm I'm recalling all of the wild and crazy things sexually that happened to me in Brooklyn. It is so wild to to hook up with people in New York because you you find yourself going to so many Weird. outrageous locations. Yes. Where you're like, oh I've never taken the train over here before. Like, oh this is uh, I looks like a dump of a garden apartment, but it's actually amazing inside and you have a pool in your apartment or whatever. Um, yeah, I see the inside of some cool apartments for sure. I once hooked up, I'll start. I want, well, not once, it was <laughs> numerous start. times. I, I just had a flashback, but it was like on 14th Street, maybe between like 4th and 5th Avenue. I don't really remember, but there's like a big church, and this guy lived in the garden apartment below the church. And it was oh, like an active wow. and open church. And I would go down there just to suck his dick, and it was a huge dick. But he only – he always gave me, like, alcohol and drinks and stuff, but he was like, I don't drink, I'm sober. And it was just such a really interesting thing oh, where he would, like, whoa. get me drunk and talk at me. And anytime I tried to, like, respond or have anything, he'd be like, you don't need to talk. And then it would be like – I would just suck his dick, and then I would leave and be like, this is such a weird – I did that like four or five times where he would just get me drunk, wouldn't let me speak to him, feed me poppers to suck his dick, and then like sh tell me to leave. Am I okay? So, of course, he was affiliated with the church. Yeah, he him, right? had to have been. Yeah. I wonder if he had keys. Do you know if he had access to the church? I mean, no, we never really talked about that, but it was like a full, nice, furnished apartment. But I never saw any crosses or anything in it. There was no evidence of it being yeah. like a he religious didn't stake person. Did you with a cross while he came in your mouth? No. <laughs> I just have this fantasy of fucking someone who has access to a church and blackmailing them for access to it to throw a drag show in there. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind is always you on the business. You remember that episode of Sex in the City where they're like, tonight we're going to church and then was a gay club? Wow, I don't remember that. I don't. 
I think that all four of the girls have problematic ways of relating to gay people. So. Yes, of course. Oh, that stemmed from the show's creator and how he wrote all of those characters. Be- beginning with their gay <laughs> friends who suck and are homophobic. Yeah. Yes, dude, that whole show. Anyways, I remember the I remember when I first moved to Brooklyn, you feel a little like invincible when it comes to traveling because you're like oh i take this train i can connect to this bus that goes to penn station you can get on the metro you could do but you know after living in new york for like even just three months or six months you're like no bitch if it's more than five stops on the train i'm not going oh yeah unless i'm (laughs) so i remember hearing like talking with this dude on the app and you know me i like old guys who are a little awkward with big dicks who don't know what to do who are like mind blown by my blowjobs bitch and we he... should switch bodies girl <laughs> he lives <laughs> he lives in new jersey and i remember him messaging me and i was in greenpoint i took the fucking g train to the l train oh into the city God. up to the station or, or, or and then i got on a fucking pack train and i took that not just to hoboken not just to jersey city but like end of the line path train he picked me up in his car and then we drove 20 minutes to his home in jersey i sucked his dick on the edge of a fold-out bed in the living room so clearly someone else was home and then he took me back to the train he didn't even take you all the way home no! Why did I spend like four hours in transit for a twenty-minute blowjob? Like, why do we We've do all that been as there. young people? We've all been there because we want love. There could have been, but you weren't looking for it. I'm sure there was a lot of dick that was closer that you just weren't having because it wasn't your fantasy. Do you have Girl. any like? Do you have any go-to wild sexual encounter stories that aren't traumatic? Well, I can give you my recent sexual activity, which is kind of a gag. Okay. Okay. I love a gag. I try not to, but I love a gag. It it intersects with the way that COVID has changed the landscape of New York City. Okay. So it's a a multi-level podcast moment. Um, (laughs) That's what we live for. (laughs) Right. Okay. So in Brooklyn, COVID-19 has produced a lot of vacancies in many buildings in Brooklyn. For instance... In my building, where Tyler Ashley and I live, she's actually lived here for seven years and has a relation, a, a good relationship, wink, wink, with the management. Got um, it. Uh, we actually have like several have had several vacancies in our building and the landlord has been super freaked out because, you know, uh, you know, like there's. There, uh, the landlords are holding on to the property value and no one's moving in. Yeah, right. So, Tyler Ashley and I, the geniuses that we are, whipped up a um, proposal to our landlord that we would help him fill these units if he would give us access to them. And so now we are doing what is unheard of and unthinkable to New Yorkers, which is we're hosting, baby, in empty oh apartments. God. In the empty apartments that are that are like there's like a half dozen in our building at any given time. Our landlord is leaving them unlocked for us to show to friends who are moving to the city, or for all of the dicks that I suck and the loads that Tyler takes, respectively. 
um, and or that we spill out onto the floor and don't even bother wiping up. Ah! Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God, Mama. Is there any furniture in those places? No, girl. Who needs furniture? I've got knees and a pair of Uggs. Like, oh, oh my. <laughs> We were just talking about this because Meatball was saying at one of uh, the, the at like uh, your old apartment in Burbank, Meatball, you had like that extra I had an side empty room, room that for a long time was hook empty, up with and people I would, on the floor on, on the, the carpet. carpet, and we'd like have rug burns and stuff. But I was like, I'm not taking you to my room. That's <gasps> smart. That's really smart. I'm the same way. I'm not trying to have my fucking trade in my bed where I go to sleep at night. Yeah, right. how gross. No, I want like. I want like people that I love to experience that space. Definitely. I only invite them in for love. Yes. Um, I only well, invite that's... them in for love. I, I used to only swallow for love, but COVID turned me into a fucking cum guzzler. Honestly. You're like, I'm getting it now. I got to get it. Well, for the longest time, it was like the only way that I could safely compromise with my roommates because I would make the trade keep a mask on and just suck them off right. and swallow. And I, and, and, and like, or, or, and eventually swallowed. And I was like, wow, um, I'm actually like fully getting off. I don't have to worry about my own boundaries. I'm in fully in control here the entire time. And like, I fully got my dick slapping me in the face fantasy. And I guess like, that's all I really like. I'm actually, see, I'm not even much of a bottom anyway, though. So like, I guess that's intersecting here, but that's like really how I've been getting off. And I'm just like, um, like, you know, it's like a lot more simple. It's a lot less complicated that way. I'm like really living my life. But again, all, but also I just started dating someone. So I'm like coming also. So. Oh, that's um, good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Well, well listen, Charlene, this, this has been so fun. I love you so much. I can't wait till we can hang out again. I'm sorry for talking over you the whole time, but I it's guess literally that your fine. audience this is has an incredible... plenty of you. Talking. Right? Yeah, they're pretty tired <laughs> yeah. of me at this point. Yeah, so I'm glad no, that someone and else also, took the reins. That's what our podcast is, and doing it over Zoom, I, it I feels... Have this- I had this More really intense. weird feeling that we didn't get to any of the questions. I hope that you got something good. No, Are we got kidding? to most of the questions, and you told some amazing incredible stories. stories. Yeah, I loved it. Great. It was. It's going to yeah. be okay. one of our top apps. I can tell you that right now. So oh, people fabulous. can follow I, you. I love it. Thank you. On the that, internet. Thanks for the vote of confidence. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. People can follow <laughs> you on the internet at Charlene Incarnate. Right? Yes, or it, on, I'm on Twitter now too, honey. I'm oh, like, she's going to spell her been, opinions I, on Twitter. I've been on Twitter since 2009, but I've been on Twitter since I quit Facebook. Okay. Okay. And also, if you haven't yet seen the documentary film Wig, Wig. on HBO, Charlene is very much in that film. Were you also technically a writer on that, or was that something else that you wrote for? I was not a writer on Wig. I don't think it had any writers. Well, when I just yeah, looked you up, a... it said writer, Charlene Incarnate. Oh, um, did you Google me? Yeah, mama, duh. Because she yeah, writes for it publications. Says, it, says write, it says writer because I have bylines on the internet, and it just probably thinks that that's because I, like, you know, I don't know what's it going to say, tranny, loudmouth tranny. <laughs> 
I wish it well, would. Send an email to Google. <laughs> we can update it. Uh, I'd like for it to say loudmouth tranny with her tits out, please. Oh, my God. Uh, where can um, everyone find you? We just said Charlene Incarnate on internet, uh, oh, on then internet it's my turn. Instagram, then it's and my Twitter. Turn. Thanks now so much for turn. listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on IG at Sloppy Pod or send us an email to sloppyseconds at gmail.com or you can call with a fuck talk story to 213-536-9180 or you can follow us on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatball and I'm Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. Don't for, forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every Tuesday and Friday. Good. Doodle doot doot forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Will and Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>